this weekend, the wind comes sweeping down the plain here in uh, Springhouse. Oklahoma opens. Um, it is an evangelistic opportunity. Let me just mention that again. You, you, you know people who will not come with you on Sunday morning, but they will come on Friday night or Saturday night. If you will, if you will just step out and, and invite them and bring them and then they might come on Sunday morning as well. So, uh, I want to encourage you. It's going to be, it's going to be a really good show. Um, let's stand and let's get into Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of light. For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Father, I thank You for Your grace. I thank You for redemption. I thank You for the forgiveness of sins. I thank You, Lord God, for the powerful prayers that go forth for those who belong to You. I pray that You would move in this place by the Holy Spirit and move in each heart so that You may move in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Paul is a champion of the run-on sentence. Um, in fact, I would say that Paul's run-on sentences have a lot to do with why some people have a hard time uh, with the New Testament. And four of the verses that we read uh, in this passage today are all one sentence. But what a sentence it is. It, it is... It is definitely worth it. I was raised in a church where every service was focused on evangelism. And, uh, and that was, you know, that has it, that has its, that certainly has its upside. Uh, I guess even in the services where there weren't any unsaved people, which was frequently the case. But, uh, but, it also kind of has its downside because it, it just really kind of focused on, if that's the only thing that's focused on, then you kind of begin to think, well, okay, now that I'm here, now what? Uh, fortunately, they also spent a lot of time focused on Christ and His cross and focused on the return of Christ. And if you can keep focused on those two things, then you'll be able to, you'll be able to do pretty well. Paul prays a prayer here, though, and it is not for the lost. In fact, as you go through the scripture, there are very few prayers for the lost. I'm not saying don't pray for the lost. You do. But there are very few prayers for the lost. Most of them are for those who are already walking with the Lord. And his prayer here is for the saints. And there's, there's four, four things in it that I want to I wanna touch on. I want to look at because it, it's a prayer for you. It's not, we don't live in Colossae, but... We're, we are the saints, and this is a prayer that he's praying for us, and that we should pray for, 
from one another. And the first thing is that you be filled with the knowledge of God's will. Once you know what God's will is, you got it. I mean, you, you're, you're nailed right there. You, you know where to go. You know what to do. Once you know what God's will is uh, for a particular situation or God's will you know, for your life in general, that's something you can absolutely stand on. I, uh, <clears throat> I know this may come as a, as a shock to some of you, but sometimes it can be difficult to be a pastor. And, uh, well, maybe you weren't, you weren't as shocked as I thought you would be. Uh, and as I've gotten older, uh, as, I, as I've done this, this longer, you know, it's, I've, I guess I've settled in to the point where I just go, okay, God, I know you got this because I've seen you have it before. But I was talking with, with one of the younger brothers a couple of weeks ago, and, uh, and I was telling him that the first 10 years that I was in the ministry, probably at least twice a year, I would go, God, get me out of this. You know, anything but this. I, I, give me something else to do. And, uh, and the reason why I didn't just, just leave and walk away is because I knew this is what he called me to do and this is where he called me to do it. And once you know what God's told you to do, what are you going to say? I don't like that idea. I have a better idea. I think I will do something else other than what God wants me to do. No, you can't, you can't do that. You know, so knowing God's will is, is a powerful thing. It's, it's not, it, 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 it is strong in a person's life. And this knowledge only comes through the wisdom and understanding that come from the Spirit. You don't find out God's will by looking at your spreadsheet. You, you, don't, you don't find out God's will by, by, by figuring this thing out and sorting this thing out. It comes from revelation through the Holy Ghost in a person's life. Paul says over in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolish. Sometimes God's will, if you, if you just look at it in the natural, looks, looks foolish. I've got 32,000 soldiers here, and you're telling me to tell 31,700 of them to go home and just fight with 300? That's foolish. We're trying to take this city, and you're saying march around it for, for seven days and blow trumpets, and then we'll all yell, and that's our battle plan? You're saying go to the cross and lay down my life? Sometimes in the natural, God's will can look, can look foolish, and they, they cannot understand them because they're discerned only through the Spirit. And then a couple of verses later, Paul says that who has known the mind of the Lord, though? His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. His ways are higher than ours. His, his thoughts are higher. But we have the mind of Christ, and that's what you've been given. And Paul is praying here for the saints that you'll actually pay attention to the mind of Christ and, and receive revelation from it. And, and then he goes on to say, in the same sentence, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. There's a progression here. You, you can't please the Lord 
you can't bear fruit. Uh, you can't grow in the knowledge of God until you know God's will. If you, if you don't know God's will, you don't even know what to do. All you can do is spin your wheels at that point in time. And we must not think that we can live a life worthy, a life that pleases the Lord and bears fruit by our own wisdom or by, by, our, by our own strength. We don't, we don't even know what to do without part one. But even once we know what to do, we can't do it without him. We, we, we can't do it. And oftentimes we get in the way, you know, have you ever, uh, we have grandchildren now and, uh, and our, and our grandsons come over occasionally, uh, every day, which is, which is great, which is, which is fun. They, you know, they live next door and, and one of them is old enough to operate a broom and he loves to operate a broom. Uh, he also loves to iron there and he loves to cut grass and, I love for him to do all of those things. It just takes a little longer to do them when he's helping. Sometimes God takes a long time to do something in our lives because we just won't stop helping. We just won't step back and go, let me just rest in you. Jesus, even Jesus... Even Jesus said, I, I can't do anything on my own. I don't do anything on my own. I only say what I hear the Father say. I only see what I see the Father doing. And so in John chapter 15, he says to us, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Kevin was talking about his friend, and he and he, uh, he added a little something in earlier in the in the first service. The the one friend that he was talking about was having peace. He was saying instead of pursuing, all right, how do I fix this now that I'm in this situation? He was pursuing the Lord, and so he had peace. And as long as he's doing that, he's going to bear fruit. <laughs> that's just you will, but apart from me, you can do. Nothing. Nothing. And, and if we get that in our spirit, and it actually becomes rooted and grounded in our lives and the, and the way that we function, it'll change our lives because, for one thing, we'll become fruitful. We'll also become more peaceful. G- Jesus says over in, in John chapter 6, the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. He said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, Flesh can only give birth to flesh. Spirit gives birth to spirit. And so bearing fruit, pleasing God, he goes on to say, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. Yeah, I mean, you know, we get, we get, we get cranked up about it. You know, I... I be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power so we can overcome and so we can defeat the enemy and so we can take the land. So we can have great endurance and patience. We fail to have great endurance and patience because we draw our strengths in the wrong place and because that's really not what we wanted anyway. Was great. Boy, that came out a lot better than I 
even thought it was going to. We, we fail to have it not only because we draw our strength in the wrong place, because, but because that's not what we're looking for anyway. It's not what we're wanting anyway. But how do you remain in Him without endurance and patience? You can't. I mean, these, and it takes the Lord's strength to do that. His glorious might is sufficient. Ours is pitiful. And then he goes on to say, and get, giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified us, you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light, period. Finally, end of sentence where he's gotten there. Some things are so transformative. They're so big that they, that they override everything else that's going on. I remember very well the night that Margaret said yes. Uh, a, lot, a lot of you, you know our story, and I'm not going to go through our whole story, but uh, suffice it to say we had known each other for two weeks, and uh, we had started dating a, on the Friday of the week before and then on that Saturday. Uh, now, you know, I, these guys who get, who've really got it together with their proposal things, that, that is so cool. I mean, I mean, it really is. I, I, have, I have one friend. Well, it can be cool. It, it might not be. I, I have one friend who, uh, who proposed and had a flash mob prepared uh, to, for the proposal. That was, that, was, that was pretty cool. I have another friend who, who, uh, who hid the uh, engagement ring right in plain sight, you know, brought his intended into the room. Yeah, and, you know, it's just kind of, it's right there. You know, and uh, so he prefaced his, will you marry me after about 10 or 15 minutes of her not seeing this ring, you know, he prefaced his, will you marry me with, are you stupid or something? And (laughs) 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 that's great. Well, I mean, they're still, they learned to fight. So they, they, they. So they're still married. It's, it's, been a, it's been a pretty good while. It, it ended up working out. But, I mean, you know, but that wasn't how it happened with, with Margaret and I. Uh, that should be Margaret and me. That wasn't how it happened with Margaret and me. Uh, I, I, the way it happened with us was I was kind of, I, I, was, I said, uh, you know, I got something I want to ask you in, in a month. <laughs> Yeah, even thinking about it now. Uh, <laughs> and she said, well, why don't you ask me now? I said, uh, yeah, well, well, you know, I was, I was thinking um, then I might ask you to marry me, you know, if you wanted to do that, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and she said, yes. I know exactly where we were. I don't, don't you shake your head. I know exactly what I'm, what I'm talking about here. And, uh, and here's the thing. You know, I, when I woke up that morning, I was just a regular guy. You know, I didn't, I didn't know I was going to be engaged by before, before midnight. You know, I didn't know, I didn't know any of that was going, I, I didn't know. And, and it's a 25 mile drive. Uh, from her house to mine, and I remember getting in the car to go back home and went, what just happened? (laughs) Woo! 
you know, and it was so transformative. Nothing else mattered. Nothing else mattered for the longest time. What God has done for you is so great. What He has done for me is is so great, so transformative. Whatever else life throws at you, ain't nothing but a thing. I mean, that's what it is. It's just a thing. The, the, The important stuff has gotten taken care of. So joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the kingdom of life. Every week in the mail, I get numerous reminders that I am qualified. I'm qualified for a better credit card. I'm qualified for a worse credit card that looks like a better credit card. I am qualified for a loan. I am qualified. And do you know what I do with those qualifications? You can be qualified and choose not to participate. God has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the kingdom of light because He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. He's brought us into the kingdom of the Son that He loves and whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I I, I said that our our grandsons come over every day. You know, one of them likes to to sweep and and, and iron and, and mow. He's the older one. The younger one likes to wander. I mean, now that he's got his, you know, now that he's got, now that he's got his, his land legs, you know, it's, it's, it's here, there, and everywhere. And you can, we, it's very possible to bring him into the playroom where all the stuff is. But if you turn your back, he's going to be in the danger room where all the stuff is. He has brought, he has qualified us and brought us into the kingdom of the son that he loves. The question is, are we going to participate? Or are we going to stay? To understand what it means, we need to understand the kingdom. And all we have known before coming into the kingdom is the dominion of darkness. That, that, that's, that, that is our frame of reference. That's all that we've known. And, and if we think the kingdom is somewhat like our frame of reference, we're, we're missing it. Because it's not. It, it's different. Romans fourteen seventeen. All of you, well, most all of you know this verse. You may not know the numbers attached to it. But the, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom is not about material things, is what Paul is saying here. Now, people may say, well, don't material things, you know, aren't aren't they included? Yeah, they're included, but that's not the basis of the kingdom. Jesus Jesus said, don't worry. He said, don't worry. Don't don't spend all your time saying, what am I going to eat? What shall we drink? What What shall we wear? What what shall we drive? Where where shall we 
Where shall we live? The pagans run after those things. That's, that's what a pagan does. Uh, uh, runs after the things that they worship. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Here's what you do. Seek first His kingdom. His righteousness. And then all these other things will come along. They will get, they will get taken care of. Righteousness, uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but righteousness is right standing with God. And he's taking care of that on the cross. We just need to, we just need to, to walk in it. Uh, over the years, I've, uh, I've heard a lot of teaching focused on righteousness. Some of it was good teaching. Some of it was not so good teaching, but heard a lot of, a lot of teaching focused on righteousness and, you know, and, and how you should live. And yes, that's, you know that's important as long as we as long as we don't mix up the idea that if it looks righteous it is righteous because that's it's not about the outside it's it, it's about the inside heard a lot of a lot of teaching about righteousness not haven't heard too much about walking in 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 peace and joy though uh now when it comes to righteousness and right living when do how do we get in trouble how, how do we get messed up in that? We, we've, been, we've gotten saved. We've come into the, into the kingdom. Now, what causes us to get messed up from, from living in a righteous fashion? It's when we turn around and kind of go back to where the old stuff was. Right? I mean, you know, you get, you get saved. You walk out of the, of the building and you go, Whoa! You know, everything is different now, and I'm going to be different from now on. And you are, except when you aren't. Which is generally when you're, when you're turning around and, and kind of, kind of going back to that, to that other stuff. The same is true for peace and joy. That, that's the, the same thing that messes up our righteousness is what messes up our peace and, and our joy. We, we've been moved, we've been transferred, transformed, transferred, but we have a tendency to become like Lot's wife. We have a tendency to kind of go, well, I wonder what's going on back there. You know, well, I, 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 I need, I need to, I'll be, I, I need, I need to check this out. I'll be, I'll be right back. You know, uh, I, I need to be informed. I, I need to. I need to know what's going on. We're like the, the Israelites in the, in, the, in the wilderness complaining about, uh, want, to, want to go back to Egypt. Oh, remember those leeks and onions. Ew. What's up with that? And, and, um, and here all we've got is quail and, and gluten-free manna and, 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 and stuff to eat. I'm sure it was. Here's the question. What steals your joy and peace? What steals your joy and peace? And why do you let it? I want to. I'm going to get on my soapbox here uh, <clears throat> for just well for the rest of the time. Actually, uh, let me rephrase that question. What fries your bacon? 
What, what, what riles you up? What, what gets after you? How many of you know that this last week, the second string quarterback for the 49ers sat down during the Star Spangled Banner? And the world is still turning. Uh, you know, now, whether what Mr. Ka- Kaepernick or his reasons for doing what he did and everything, well, you know, whether they're right or wrong, whether you agree or disagree, whether you think that's a good thing, bad thing, uh, that's irrelevant. Let me tell you, it is not worth three hours of talk time, much less three hours of talk time five days a week. Finding out what this guy thinks about it and that guy thinks about it. And we want to know your opinion too. Call in and tell us what you think about this. I mean, seriously. And after you've gone through, you know, if you go through, I I mean, if I turn on, if I turn on uh, talk sports, I want to hear about the Giants. Baseball Giants. Uh, uh, Yeah. I want to hear about the Giants. I want to, I, you know, I want, I, I'm interested in who the, the Titans cut. I don't want to know what you think about somebody sitting. I don't know. I, I don't want to know what somebody who was sitting on the sofa complaining about the guy sitting down during the Star Spangled Banner was thinking about it. Because it might upset me. It might not be what I want to think. And even if I'm not going to take the time to call in, I'm going to be thinking, now if I were to call in, what I would say, and then we have a presidential election. (laughs) I've got a radical suggestion. I have a life-changing suggestion. I have a nation-changing suggestion. You ready for this? Three of you are going to grab this and take it and your life is going to be significantly better for the next two months. And the rest of you are thinking about lunch or something. Here's my radical suggestion. Why don't you ask God whom you should vote for and then turn off the noise? Just, just turn off the noise. Go, on. but I, I need to be informed. See, you're making the mistake of thinking that the noise informs you. And the, the noise is not designed to inform you. It, it's, it's designed to often misinform you. Uh, uh, it, it's designed to, it, it's designed to. To work you up, it's designed to keep you looking, keep you listening, keep you reading. Say, well, but how, how will I know what, how will I know what to do? Well, maybe you might get wisdom and understanding from the Spirit. I mean, the greatest president we ever elected was Abraham Lincoln. And in those days, you know, people had to pray. They didn't have MSNBC and Fox and 
Gandalf the Grey and Albus Dumbledore, you know, to tell them what to do. He had to ask God. And it worked out pretty well. It worked out pretty well. My, uh, my in-laws have a house that they, that they rent out. And they, um, when they, when the last time they rented, well, the, they just had some renters move out and, uh, oh man, you know, they had to rip out the carpet for all the fleas and stuff. And they had to, uh, replace doors where it had been all scratched up and everything. And, and obviously the, the people did not have a pet who, who lived there before. But, uh, there, there had been, the backyard had been, uh, fenced in on three sides. And somehow the fourth side got fenced in, uh, by the renters. And I said to Papa, I said, Papa, you gotta, you gotta take that, that fourth side out. Uh, because what that, all that says is, please have a dog. Have two dogs. We, we got room here. Put, put your dogs in this, in this thing. And oftentimes, what we do, we've been qualified to live in this kingdom of light, but oftentimes what we do is basically saying, please take my peace. I, I don't want it. Please take my joy. You know, I, I, I don't need this. Just, just, just take it away. He has rescued us. He's, he has rescued me from the dominion of darkness, br- brought me into the kingdom of the son that he loves, placed me there, qualified me to be there. And I remember the dominion of darkness. It was not a good place. It was an empty place. It was a barren place. It was a, it, it was a distressing place to be. Kingdom of Jesus is righteousness, peace, and joy. Why not stay there? Why not walk in it? Why not actually live in it? Back in the late 70s, I was in a, I was in a, a, a band, music group with some guys. Wayne Berry was one of them. A guy named Randy Thompson was one of them. And, uh, <clears throat> and Randy and I would we'd write some songs together and uh, one of the one of the songs that uh, that we wrote really puts me in mind of this passage of scripture because it was uh, there's a kingdom based on love and joy, peace and righteousness. The subjects of this kingdom are all blessed. This kingdom offers life and hope to those who would believe. Called from every nation, kindred, tribe, and tongue. Call to everyone who would receive. Rivers of living water flowing from the throne of God. His throne is in His kingdom. His kingdom's in my heart. Just like the Master said would come to pass right from the start. Rivers of water flowing from my heart. And that's how it's supposed to be. But when we give away our peace and joy, the flow stops. 
I want you to do something this week. When you, when you get your mail, and you get those envelopes informing you that you are qualified for something that you don't want anyway, as you are tending to those envelopes, hand shredding, which you should do before you throw them away, I want you to remember God has qualified you to live in the kingdom of light, kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy. Don't give it away. The the poet William Wordsworth said, the world is too much with us. Late and soon getting and spending, we lay waste our powers. We have given our hearts away. Give your heart away to Jesus. Would you stand with me? Those who are going to pray with people, come forward. And if you're here and you need prayer, He's a good, good Father. And He's a mighty God. And you're not a mighty God. So, you know, whatever you're carrying, whatever need that you have... You may be you may be lost, you may be a prodigal. Whatever. This is this is a time of grace in this service. Uh, you know, a lot of different traditions have different places in the service. It's kind of the high point. And the tradition that I was brought up in basically was it's the prayer time. It's when it's time to come down and do some business with God. And there's grace all through the service. But there's grace here. There's grace for your time with me. So if you need something, you come and be prayed for. And if not, be a part of that grace by worshiping and creating an atmosphere for others.